Welcome to the Anthesis Net Zero podcast series. I'm Tobias Parker and I'm here with Ben Lynch, who's the director at Anthesis UK. And we're going to take a look at the role that decarbonizing heat has to play in the journey to net zero. Hi, Ben. It's good to talk with you today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Just returned from holiday, so feeling refreshed. Very good. Very good. So one area that you've been focusing on over the last 10 years is how we decarbonize heat, which falls largely into scope one emissions, but uh, thinking about CHP does flow into scope two. Could you just explain how much carbon is created in the UK through the usage of heat in homes, offices, industrial processes, and why it's important that we bring this into the equation and get it in hand? Sure, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's obviously heat is difficult to quantify um, in in really kind of closely by its sort of very very nature but it's estimated that heat in the UK represents around 37% of UK emissions of that space heating and cooling in our buildings is approaching 20% and industrial processes around 15% um the rest of the of the proportion of heat is associated with cooking and hot water so each represents an interesting challenge for us in our decarbonization journey um and just as you know of note with that the committee on climate change has said that low carbon heating is amongst the toughest challenges facing climate policy so it's both a very current uh, and an interesting space to be to be looking at and and a major challenge for the uk economy as well mm. and can you just go into a little bit about why it's so difficult um it's difficult for a number of reasons so it's difficult f- from a governmental level because um traditionally we're sort of heat is associated with the combustion of fuel on site so in the UK, you have a major uh, natural gas network, um, which you know, supplies gas to buildings into which you combust that gas and provide heat to buildings or you know, similarly in industrial processes. And that natural gas has a natural carbon content, which is difficult uh, to adjust to decarbonize the content of that natural gas is a major infrastructure challenge and and either will sort of be resolved through injection of biomethane or injection of hydrogen both of which are major technical challenges major infrastructure challenges so the alternative to that is to look at different methods of supplying that heat so some of that might be through capturing waste heat which requires its own infrastructure often in our sort of industrial areas but also in our in uh, dense urban areas um, or the electrification of heat which is moving heat onto the national grid which is decarbonizing quite rapidly but again there's major infrastructure challenges with doing that so at the moment the government is looking to respond to that through um, identifying opportunities for for each of those and progressing each of those um, and you know, each requires significant national investment. So it's it's a you know a big topic of discussion at the moment. 
equally if you look at the end user the end user is is stuck with a heat delivered with the carbon content of natural gas so for um, many of the corporate clients that we work with they're looking at the challenges of how they decarbonize that heat supply and that is either through reducing demand or through reducing the um, carbon content of their supply and that will be mean moving to new um, heat production systems whether that be through electrification combined heat and power um, or, or some other method of on-site heat generation mm. so i was going to ask you in terms of the trends you're seeing so it sounds as though there are a number of technology um, solutions that are being um, uh, brought forward by government could you go into those in a little bit more detail sure so um, in respect of the decarbonization of heat via um, the electrical network um, that is the the big sort of hope for that is is via heat pumps so heat pumps basically take um, take power uh, to to um, pump a refrigerant around the system and provide heat into buildings they're sort of linked to what's called a coefficient of performance so you put uh, a unit of electrical power in to get a certain number of units of heat out so if you're dealing with a, a low carbon grid you can provide heat at relatively low levels of carbon intensity into buildings provided you can deliver that coefficient of performance through your heat pump system so that's that's one area of technical development of which there are you could broadly sort of categorize heat pumps into ground source heat pump systems water source heat pump systems and air source heat pump systems air source heat pump systems can be applied in pretty much any application and so there's a view that there will be a significant rollout of air source heat pump systems independently uh, put into buildings, particularly domestic properties um, throughout the UK in coming years. Water source and ground source have their own particular requirements in terms of taking heat either from a, the ground or a water source. They're more efficient than air source systems, but you know are, are very um specific in terms of where they will be viable so that's sort of one area um and there are significant challenges to the decarbonization of heat via electrification around grid infrastructure um, and putting more uh, demand onto the electrical grid system and, and the determination of who pays for that nationally and locally an alternative to that is the hydrogen economy so the hydrogen economy will look at either installing new hydrogen infrastructure or incorporating some form of hydrogen injection into the current uh, natural gas infrastructure that again has major technical challenges around storage of hydrogen and the challenges of storage storing hydrogen um, within those systems and then i suppose the the other um, opportunity which we're actually working a lot on at Anthesis is the growth of um, heat networks within our sort of um, industrial zones and our um, major urban areas um, which typically are looking to use low carbon waste heat and transfer that via a network of subterranean pipes um, to 
uh, end users, local businesses or, or industrial end users. So each of those uh, has its place within a, a, heat, a new heat economy, um, but each will need to be specific to particular applications uh, and, and the growth of each of those uh, technical solutions has significant uh, challenges, both from a user acceptance side and from a, um, a technical development and engineering development perspective. So are there any simple things that need to change to allow these technologies to roll out? Okay, well, I think there's there's quite a sort of complex interplay at the moment of government incentives and and i think government is trying to find its way and how to balance those incentives to create the growth of all of these important new forms of heat infrastructure um and what we've sort of seen recently within the uk market is is um some unintended consequences of policy where you promote one energy system and it has an impact on another one so for example as we move from the renewable heat incentive to potentially a clean uh, heat grant that has a, an incentive or a potential disincentive on whole systems um, network systems which might include the hydrogen economy or um, low carbon heat networks so that's sort of one space which I think is sort of really is still quite nascent and, and still sort of developing is is that bigger sort of heat infrastructure challenge. I think the other thing that needs to happen um, at scale is energy efficiency in buildings and industry. So that is partly in place by government, but partly in place um, by major end users, so industrial users and, and, and corporate users and then obviously the the domestic side of heat as well and existing buildings need to be significantly or have significant heat demand reduction across them so that's partly a policy space and it's partly a, um, a commercial incentive to to make those or, or make the right decisions around that and then I think the other space um, where we're sort of seeing change is inevitably with the introduction of these new infrastructure systems, um, although government won't talk about this, it's likely to lead to an increase in the cost of heat. So that increase in the cost of heat will start to push some of these market developments on the energy efficiency side. So we, we should see a growth in investment in demand reduction and investment in making buildings and industrial processes more heat efficient um, which you know in the end has to be the priority and, and you know the, the thing that we should be focusing on more than anything else mm. great so it sounds sounds complex sounds like it's a mix of policy technology investment at both the large and small scale so thank you very much for your time, Ben. I'm sure we will be returning to this subject more. Um, next, we're going to be looking at how circularity can be used to avoid and reduce emissions as we move towards net zero. Thanks. Thanks.